2022 was one of the hottest years on record. In fact, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NASA and the European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service, the last eight years have been the hottest in modern history. What is all of this causing to our oceans and the marine life? We'll talk it over with a correspondent who has covered the issue extensively. Welcome to the America's Now podcast. Today, we'll be talking about climate change and oceans with veteran correspondent John Sorella, who joins us from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Hi, John. Hey there. How are you? Pleasure to be with you. Yeah, always great to have you on. Um, John, where do we begin here? Because in 2022, you reported on manatees starving to death, the efforts to rescue the coral reef, and even how fishing is becoming more of a challenge in Florida. It seems like you're at ground zero for climate change in the United States. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. In fact, just about any scientist you talk to will say that uh, that Florida is indeed ground zero for climate change. Sea level rise, the warming temperatures, the impact on all the things you just mentioned, um, from the from fish to mammals like manatees to the coral reefs. Um, <clears throat> it is, uh, it, for lack of a better way to put it, Florida's kind of the canary in the coal mine for climate change worldwide. Um, you know, scientists say that within the next 50 years, you'll have sea level rise of one to two feet in Florida, and in the next 100 years, sea level rise of three feet. So you put three more feet of water up, and that means incredible impacts along the coastline and even inland a ways. Um, <clears throat> along the coastline, just think of... Um, the uh, aquifers near the coast, freshwater aquifers, all of a sudden you have salt water getting in there. That's a problem. Um, <clears throat> you've got to um, address the issues of you've got schools, you've got hazardous waste dumps. All of those things are within what would be, you know, a three foot high uh, increase in water. So, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And John, people continue to flock to Florida to move there. You live there. I mean, it, it is gorgeous. The weather is perfect on many, many days. But um, I want to start with the coral reef. Um, what is going on there with climate change and pollution? And many times we don't think about it because coral reefs, unless you're a scuba diver, you're going underwater, you just don't see it. Coral reefs are called the rainforests of the oceans. And the reason being because there's so much life that's attracted to these coral reefs. So all kinds of fish that are down there, particularly reef fish, you know, whether it's grouper or snapper or hogfish here in Florida, uh, and even those species, you know, that exist down um, along the uh, Great Barrier Reef in Australia, or the reef that extends from Mexico down all the way to um, through through Costa Rica and Honduras and into them Belize so you know uh, and and the coral reefs are being attacked in a number of ways you know it's the human element from the standpoint of pollutants that get end up in the water from coastal communities 
You know, the coral reef in Florida extends from about Palm Beach all the way south through the Keys and down to the dry Tortugas. So that's a long way. And and you have so much buildup of people and, and, and the communities all along the coastline that keep dumping more and more stuff into the water and shipping and all of that. And on top of that, when you throw in climate, when you throw in climate on top of that, you've got issues with the fact that uh, the warmer temperatures are aiding in creating bacteria and diseases that the reefs just can't withstand. So something like 70% of the reef in Florida, uh, maybe more, has been lost in just the past 30 years alone. It took 10,000 years to create the coral reef. And in 30 years, 70% of it is gone. That is an astounding yeah. number. I, I, you've spoken to people at the University of Miami. Um, what is happening there to rescue and preserve the coral reef? What are oh, they doing? Oh, there's so much going on right now. Um, you know, not just there, but at the Florida Aquarium over on the West Coast, at Moat Marine Lab on the West Coast. All of these entities are involved in projects that are what they're doing is they're trying, they're, they're, they have nurseries, literally giant nurseries. So they're growing corals um, in these nurseries, and then they're taking the corals and their living corals, and they're replanting them and hoping that over time, they will grow and replace some of these and some of the corals that have died and what they're trying. But of course, it doesn't do any good if you put the exact same coral in that's susceptible to the disease, that's susceptible to the heat. So what these entities at the University of Miami and Moog Marine Lab and the Florida Aquarium are all trying to do is create corals that will be resistant to the disease, will be resistant to higher water temperatures. Um, and the jury's still out on that, you know, obviously. This science is only four or five years old um, where they've been able to actually grow corals in, you know, in these um, these giant tanks that, uh, that they have uh, at these facilities. So that's one thing they're doing. And um, they're also at the University of Miami working on a project that's just getting off the ground where they are hoping that they will be able to actually create a coral, a hybrid kind of a coral, that would actually be able to heal itself. So, I mean, you know, now you're, you're kind of really getting into science fiction stuff there. But, but that's another thing that they're trying to do. And, and, and again, it goes back to the point that the coral reefs are, you know, the rainforest of the ocean. Not just that, they protect the coastline. You know, they act as buffers for major hurricanes and storms all along the Florida coast, you know, even down into, into Latin America. So, um, you know, and Australia. So they serve multiple purposes. And, you know, this might be a, a, a completely different story, John, but quickly, when you mention this coral, um, I mean, is it sustainable coral? Are they genetically modifying the coral? Yes. Yes. Oh, they're saying. They're hoping to do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they are hoping to do. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's like I say, it's in the infancy of the program. Um, but several universities, including the University of Miami, 
are involved in this project. Yeah. And, you know, the other caveat to all this is don't forget, you lose the coral reefs and the fish are going to go. They're not going to stay. They're not, there's nothing there for them. They're going to go or they're going to die. And then what happens? The fishing industry takes a hit. The people all around the world where there are reefs that rely on fish, you know, to eat, which is a major source, you know, of, of food in, this, in the world, will be gone. So, you, you know, you really, it's a domino effect. Well, I imagine it's happening already or you're seeing that in Florida because uh, when a lot of people think of Florida, they go there to sport fish. Or just to fish as their livelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, one of the things they're seeing is that, you know, there are places even down in the in Florida Bay, which is down by the Florida Keys. It extends out um, past the Everglades and into the water you know, to the west of the Keys, all that is Florida Bay. And, um, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, the degradation there, which is a spawning ground for, you know, shrimp grow down there. So the food sources for the fish are being impacted as well. Um, and if you have, again, when you start to see fewer catches and the fish aren't as bountiful as they once were, um, and that's what they're seeing to some degree, in certain places around Florida, not everywhere yet, but they're seeing it in several places. And so the question becomes, all right, well, what's the cause? Why are they not here anymore? Well, lots of reasons, you know, man-made pollution is one and climate change is the other. Well, another um, species we're hearing more and more about and seeing less and less of the manatees, which to me are sort of like the unofficial mascot of Florida. Um, we mentioned before that they're starving. Yes. Talk to us about that. Are they starving? Are they really at risk as a species because of what you're seeing with climate change? Yeah, and you know, this is an interesting one because this one, yes, climate is involved in it, but most of what's happened to the manatees is the result of human failure because of the fact that all, well, for, for example, they lost... 1,100 manatees last year, and, and half of those, more than, about half, about more than 500, were right in the Indian River Lagoon, which is right here where I am, Kennedy Space Center, Cape Canaveral, all up and down to Sebastian Inlet and north up into Titusville. Um, <clears throat> and that whole area has had pretty much all of the seagrass, which is what they eat, gone. It's gone. There's, it's just sand bottom now. You know, and it's because of the fact that you had uh, decades of growth and development. And then on top of that, you add all of the pollutants that are come in off your fertilizing your grass. You've got nitrogen and phosphorus going into the groundwater and then ultimately into the rivers, in, in, into the Indian River Lagoon. And then you have septic tanks because so much of this area initially 50 60 years ago when the population was so much smaller um all had septic tanks well they're all leaking and they leach out into the groundwater this waste and that goes into the indian river lagoon so when we talk to scientists you know the stuff that they would tell you that you know they would see in the water um you know it, it, it's just everything from hair products you know i mean that you would see that if you're looking under, a, you know, 
if they're analyzing what they're finding, that's the kind of stuff. Medicine, all kinds of medicines that they would find. Um, you know, and um, we did a piece for 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 you guys long time ago on the dolphins that live in the Indian River Lagoon. And they were suffering the same fate, coming up with all kinds of weird diseases and things. And scientists at the Atlanta Aquarium were studying those to try and figure out exactly, you know, what was causing all of this. So, so primarily, and, the, and, and they've already begun feeding the manatees again this year. It's like 2,000, 2,500 pounds of lettuce a day because they that's that's they eat they're eating machines and they have nothing to eat so you know primarily that's the issue is human induced here of course climate is human induced too for the most part um and then as you do get warming of the waters um along the east coast along the in in the in the lagoon the question becomes okay are the seagrasses going to tolerate a warmer water temperature? You know, and, the, and again, the science is certainly out on that. If they can bring the seagrasses back to begin with. Right, right. I mean, from someone outside of Florida, when I associate manatees in danger, it's because of boat propellers and that sort of what human, and, you know, it's the accidents and, and running into them. Um, quickly, and that's what it was for decades. I mean, that was the primary cause were boat propellers and the occasional freeze because they like warm water, and there would be they would they would die when there was a really bad freeze in Florida, you know, and which you know you might say, hey, you can't have a freeze in Florida. Oh yeah, we do, and it gets cold, and the manatees do not like that at all. So those were the two primary causes until the last decade. Let's listen to Martine DeWitt, who is a veterinarian. Yes. Martine is the state's veterinarian whose job it is to perform necropsies on the remains to determine the cause of death. On the inside, when we do our necropsies, you find that their tissues are dissolving because their fat is getting depleted. They still need energy, so they start depleting all their body stores. Um, and that just turns into this gel, this, you know, watery substance that almost like swimming zombies. You mentioned the lettuce. Is there another short-term solution to keep them fed? And in doing so, I imagine that costs a lot of money. Yeah, and, you know, that's a combination of the, you know, state resources, uh, Florida wildlife, fish and wildlife uh, contributing, and private organizations that are involved in helping the feeding. But no, short-term there isn't, and, and, and when we did that piece on the manatees, and, and DeWitt, I mean, that's just chilling. That When she said that to us, it was just chilling. You're sitting there going, oh my goodness. Um, you know, the, you don't know what, what, you know, what does that animal experience as it's going through is the, this, this, this massive starvation that, that it's experiencing. Um, but no, short-term answers, there aren't any. You know, you can't you can't move them. You know, they're too big. There's too you know, they're still. You just wouldn't move them, and they will always come back. That's the thing. They come back to where they where they know where they've been. You know, it's like turtles. Turtles always pretty much come back to the same spot. You know, to lay their eggs. Same thing with manatees. They'll come back to the same area. So you have all the ones that are in the lagoon, and um, 
they'll keep coming back even if you did try to move them someplace say further south or someplace in Georgia where there's more seagrass available so no sadly that's the only answer for the time being is to feed them we're not even really getting into extreme weather on this uh, episode. We'll right. try to address that. But uh, what is on the horizon as we wrap this up, John, uh, when it comes to Florida and climate change? What will you be working on? What do you see here in the coming months? Well, I mean, I think, you know, we even we even ha- have just wrapped up a piece on, uh, on sharks. And um, one of the things that we noted in, in one of the interviews was even with sharks, you're seeing that they're establishing new communities, some of them. The bull shark, for instance, has established a new nursery area in the Pamlico Sound, that it, which is North Carolina. Unheard of. Now, it's maybe been around for 10 years or so. Scientists are still looking into that. Um, so... As, as things continue to, waters continue to warm, the things that people are going to be looking at is, all right, where do the bait fish go? If the bait fish have to migrate further north to colder weather, colder water, then sharks and other animals will follow. I mean, that's just the way it works. So you may end up bringing them, you know, introducing them into areas that really never saw these particular kinds of sharks or creatures, and you will start seeing them in the future. You know what? You, what we'll be we'll be continuing, you know, to follow the issues, follow them because, you know, unfortunately, you know, in Florida, it's climate-related issues just continue to come up. You know, we're going to continue to take a look at. Um, we were talking about the coral reefs. We're going to continue looking at some of these things that we just talked about uh, with, uh, you know, regenerating themselves, healing themselves, corals. We'll be looking at that. So um, I guess in a way, you know, it's sadly, Florida is ground zero for climate change, and we're going to have to continue to pay close eye on it because what happens here will more than likely eventually happen in other places around the world. John Zarella, always great to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us today on the America's Now podcast. The executive producer of the America's Now podcast is Jose Velasquez. Our audio editor is A.J. Moore. Joe Zarenko is our copy editor. Umberto Duran is the head of the Features Unit. And I am your host, Elaine Reyes. Until next time.